Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. Continuing the theme around Trinity Sunday, we present this message from the archives where Pastor Andrew expands our understanding of the Trinity and our own distinctiveness. This morning we're going to look at one of the themes coming out of our sermons in the last three weeks. The question is, who are you? In the last three sermons, we've been looking at God the Trinity and us. We noted in the first one that God had a proper name. God is one substance or ousia in three persons or hypostases. We believe in one God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And as we noted in that sermon, the name Father for God was something that came from Jesus, who used it over a hundred times in John's Gospel alone. In the second week, we noted that the oneness of the three distinct persons as being their eternal, unbroken fellowship, unity, communion and togetherness. We also noted that what Jesus had done on the cross for us was to bring us into their eternal, unbroken fellowship, unity, communion and togetherness. And then last week, we looked at the distinct nature of the three persons, noting that each one was unique and distinct in himself and non-transferable. That means their distinctness cannot be shared or separated from whom they are. They are distinctly the person that they are. God, when he came about making us, not only made us in his likeness and image, but made each one of us a unique and distinct person. There's nobody else on the planet like you or like me. Even twins have differences. They may come up with the same thing, but they may just get there a different way. God loved you and he loved me so much that he put a deliberate uniqueness within us. Paul calls this a treasure. We have a treasure within us. So out of those, the question today is who are you? Who am I? The question that sits in front of each one of us is, who are you? If we are designed with such distinctiveness, why can't we get a real clear picture of ourselves? In addition, if I'm so distinct, why do I have to deal with and relate to other people? This issue faces us in our day with a distinctly negative picture of people who are seen as being autonomous, independent persons doing their own thing 
for themselves alone. J.B. Milliton in his book, Truth is Stranger Than It Used to Be, notes a number of things about the human person that arises out of the Enlightenment, Modernism and Humanism, which are, human beings are self-determining, autonomous, independent and self-reliant entities. They have no restrictions to what they can do or achieve and are seriously egocentric. They are their own masters and rule both the environment and other people for their own ends. At the end of it all, they cry, I did it my way. At the heart of this issue, there is an issue here, is a thing called autonomy. The term autonomy, in a sense, sums up, on the one hand, the nature of the type of person who arose out of the Enlightenment, Modernism and Humanism, which tended to focus on coercion to uniformity, you do it my way. But on the other hand, there's another picture. It arises out of the type of person that arises out of the movement towards the enhancement of diversity that has occurred across the planet. This shift relates to two dynamics that highlight the difference between uniformity and diversity. So these are differentiation. Differentiation carries the sense of two entities being different, unlike dissimilar or distinct from one another in character or makeup. Now, I do know that psychologically we try to categorise people, but even with all those categories, people fall in and out of them because at the heart of things, we're distinctly unique people. We're actually different. Yeah, I know there's a lot of sameness about our nature, our being, how our body works, but at the heart of it, we're different. Relatedness, the second term, means that two or more entities are associated or connected to one another. Yep, we might be different, but we're also in relationship. Now, how that relationship evolves and is developed depends on whether we are strongly individual or we are open to both being individual and owning the need to be in relationship. Owning the need to contribute to the groups that we're part of, to contribute to their success, their unity, their togetherness, their honesty and their integrity. Now, there are four different configurations these two dynamics can take. Firstly is one that is undifferentiated and unrelated. This means that the entities are the same as one another, but also unrelated or have no relationship. The second is undifferentiated, but related. This means that the entities are the same as one another, but they're also related to one another in relationship. I don't want to dig into those two, but I want to go to the last two. 
differentiated unrelatedness. This means that the entities are different to one another, but they're unrelated. They're not in relationship. And of course, individuals that came out of the Enlightenment, modernism and humanism, sit in that particular dynamic. People are individual, but they don't have to be related. I do my thing, doesn't matter how it affects you, unless it's simply going to stop me doing my thing, then I probably need to deal with you. And finally, the new level of autonomy comes out of people who are differentiated and related. This means that the entities are different to one another, but they're also related to one another in relationship. Now, when we say the new understanding of autonomy, that last one I've mentioned, that the persons involved are differentiated, they're different, but they're also in relationship. It's not just, hey, we have a relationship, but we have an obligation to the relationships. We're not just here to do our own thing, just simply to be our own person. We do need to do that. But we need to be a person in relationship. So whatever organisation, whatever group that we're a member of, it's not just up to the leaders to strengthen it and to bring unity. That also comes to us because we are people in relationship. And the movement in the last 50, 60 years that we've seen across the planet has opened up a number of new things seen in different ways. Unity is still there, but it has within it a whole realm of diversity. And we can argue that there can be diversity within unity. It means that we can allow others to be unique and different, yet working with us for a common goal or for a common good. It means that I am committed to relationships because that's a part of who I am as a unique person in God. Now, why is that the case? Because not only has God given us a sense of uniqueness, distinctiveness, that lies in the God in themselves, and we've noted that they are three distinct persons in themselves. And God has put that in us as well. But he's also put an onus upon us. And that is to share the unity, the fellowship, the communion, the love, the care, the strength, the trust, the support to one another as the three persons do that within their Godhead. As we've noted, that their oneness comes out of an eternal unity, togetherness, fellowship, communion and love for one another. So what the movement in autonomy calls us to is to move away from independence and unrelatedness, which is the crowning glory of the movement of the Enlightenment, Modernism and Humanism, to an interdependence and relatedness. We're not moving towards a dependence because that's the extreme at the other end. And dependent people need to come to a place where they're interdependent, able to receive and contribute. 
able to uphold, to meet the needs of others as much as their own needs are met. And we need to be people in relationship. Now, we have a problem with this. Because if you have a look at the planet out there, we're not real good at relationships. Yes, there are pockets and places where there are good relationships being developed. There are places where this new sense of autonomy not only comes with being my own person, but my person having an obligation to be in relationship. But there's a lot of war out there. There's a lot of greed. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. So how on earth do we deal with this? When sometimes we actually notice it in us that we are perverse at times, not all the time, that we want our own way, even if we know that that might hurt others, that we have our own protection, our own defences, that separate rather than unite us from others. How on earth do we deal with that? And to do that, we've got to identify two entities, one in us and one operating from outside of us. The first is mentioned in our reading today from Paul's letter to Romans, chapter 6, verse 12. He writes, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desire. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So there's two things we need to know. We cannot truly understand who we are outside of relationship with God. It is the relationship with God the Father through Jesus the Son and his sacrifice and the power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to discover who we actually are and then to turn the tables upon sin within, to break its hold, to resist its call, to move from unrighteousness to being righteous and holy people in God. We need to break that and we can break it because Jesus went to the cross for that, took our sin upon himself or our penalty, that we might be brought into the presence of the Father without fear and without guilt, and that we might live with the Trinity in their relationship forever. What Paul says here, Jesus came to break the power of sin in our lives. And there on the cross he took not only our sins but its punishment upon himself so that we might be released from the power of sin, the root of sin in our life and enabled through forgiveness and through his blood to come into the presence of the Father without guilt and without shame. And Paul argues in chapters 5 and 6 that the root of sin is being slashed and cut free from us 
through our identification with the death of Jesus through baptism. It means we can operate from an entirely different base than we've operated in the past. We're no longer in this by ourselves, but they're in this with Jesus. And through him, we can take control of our lives and move from unrighteousness, from evil, from greed, from sin, to be righteous men and women of God, serving his purpose on the planet in this day and hour. And in this day and hour, we can't do this by ourselves. It has to come through him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you've given so much to us when you created us, as much as when Jesus went to the cross. That you've made us beings unique in ourselves. And you've given us a treasure inside to use for your purpose and for the good of others. Lord, so stir our hearts to own ourselves and walk with you that we might build the relationships around us and bring freedom and love to those who are so overburdened and so afraid. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.